Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. and welcome to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. I am Joey Pasco, And I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And we've got a guest, obviously, uh, just for a little bit. Uh, Joey's hopping on. Um, we had Pro Tour Fate Reforged this weekend in Washington, D.C. And uh, Joey was fortunate enough to make it down there to check it out. Um, what, what took you down there, dude? I mean, it was the pro tour within driving distance. I really kind of just wanted to to be there. Uh, I needed to make a make a point of actually getting there at some point. So yeah, uh, for sure. Now, yeah. was it was it something you had planned? Like, had you planned to go for a while, or was it kind of like Saturday or I don't know which day did you go on Sunday or did you go Saturday and Sunday? I just went on Sunday. So the the basic thing was I saw it was coming and I was like I. I have to go there. So like in my head, I thought, I'm, you know, when they announced that pro tour, I'm like, I'm going to that. Right. Um, but then I kind of forgot about it. And then I saw, Oh, that's right. It's coming up. And I kind of was just roughly scheduling my weekend to the point where I could say, all right, I'm, I'm going to go there at some point. And it ended up being Sunday. Cool. Um, cool. so it was like, I didn't make concrete plans. It was just something that I knew I wanted to, to do. And being there for the top eight was, uh, was just awesome. For a while, they had the Pro Tours. They weren't open to the public just for a little while. Like, they were open, and then they weren't, and then now they are again. So, okay, so they um, are actually open to the public again. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't I don't really even know sure when that it. happened. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't know when it happened. It was, um, but I heard that it was. Uh, but since I had planned on going, I did think ahead. I thought, all right, I'm going to be there. I'm going to want to take pictures. I'm going to request a press pass because I feel, you know, legitimately like I can say I'm going as, you know, I, I can take photos for Yo MTG Taps, you know, for our website. Mm-hmm. And if I decided to get any interviews or got the opportunity to get any interviews, I was going to do that. I figured I wouldn't. I was actually going to text you, Joe, and be like, hey, I might get some interviews. And then I was like, what if I don't? So, <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because, well, the other thing was I'm there on Sunday and, and uh, like a lot of the players that are still playing are, you know, they're playing in the top eight. I'm not, you know, they're, they're stopping for interviews with, you know, with coverage the real team. coverage, yeah. Wizards coverage enough. So they've got enough going on. And I just kind of thought I'll, I'll take photos and that'll be enough just based on when I was there. If I had gone on like Saturday, I probably would have had like Chapin and, and uh, you know, whoever else I happened to run into. Yeah. I don't think he would have been in a, in a very, uh... yeah, he may not have wanted to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so like the, just real quick, Chapin's yeah. deck. I, did anybody get a good look at it yet? Because 
uh, I mean, actually, it may be up online now because he, he usually posts on Mondays, right? I actually I have the list. Haven't... Oh, you have it? You have the list. Yeah, Jerry, I think, posted it on uh, SCG today. Okay, yeah, it's not on. Right, so Chapin's article isn't up, but you've got his list. Mm-hmm. Is he referring to Chapin's list with that title, the most interesting deck from Pro Tour Fate Reform? That is it. <laughs> wow, okay. So, so I, just to kind of, bring it all in here what i'm talking about so chapin shows up uh with you know a spicy deck that's what i'm hearing like uh randy bueller mentioned it i've seen chapin's deck and now i'm like all right what is he playing and they get him on camera in like he's like this the secondary feature match so they get him in like a game two or a game three his opponent has a rest in peace in play and he's playing a delve deck i'm like thanks guys Thanks for <laughs> good time to feature Chapin uh, and his Delve deck against somebody with an active rest rest in peace. Yeah, so cool. that didn't really they you didn't see his deck. You just saw him stand you know sitting there losing. Right. Um, but wow, that's quite a list. <laughs> I, I I haven't seen the list. Uh, do you want to run it down real quick, Stephen? Just kind of. Sure. It's a it's a bunch of cards that get cards in the graveyard and then cards that take advantage of that. So um, the, <laughs> the enablers would be, I thought uh, he was going to just end it like that. Like, all right, thank and you for reading it, Steven. 260, right. Yeah, no, it's a uh, four Mishra's bobble, which is awesome. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It all cycles right. and it's free. All right. Um, four path to exile. That's just, you know, good removal spell Four yep. stubborn denial. Uh-huh. Cause you've got to protect your threats. <laughs> Uh, four Thought Scour, four Gitaxian Probe, two Inquisition of Kozilek, two Lingering Souls, four Serum Visions, two Thoughtseize, three Liliana of the Veil, and then the big hitters, four Tassiger, the Golden Fang, and four Gurmag Angler. <laughs> <laughs> and that's – that now, Gurmag Angler, now is that the one that's like you can play it from your graveyard? No, oh, it's, no. Just, it's just a 5-5 five, five for 7. It's got delve. <laughs> it's just that's what it. it costs a black and oh, six. That's that's not even the card. Oh, now I know which one. The, the zombie fish thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. the zombie fish. Really? So, so I'm pretty sure, and not sure. So that was his draft yeah. deck. Now, what did he play in the right. modern portion of the tournament? <laughs> exactly. He was like, "Crap! I only have 56 cards. Quick, <laughs> <laughs> somebody give me a delve card." Like, I mean, it actually. <laughs> sort of makes sense in the list i still it still kind of makes me cringe a little bit a little uh, bit i think it's because you just look at that converted mana cost but you have to understand that that's not what he's paying for it unless the opponent has rest in peace in play then uh, he's paying seven for it yeah <laughs> so, that's uh, unbelievable the nerve of this man <laughs> yeah, <see. laughs> And he but did he's... not do well, unfortunately. I mean, we always, you know, we 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 hope for his success always. But uh, zero posted... five, right? Right, uh, or something like that. I didn't actually see the record. I know he said he likes the deck. He thinks he played poorly. So, hmm. Hmm. Uh, and and I haven't read Jerry's article, but judging from the title, maybe Jerry agrees with him. Yeah. I mean, he maybe agree, at least agrees on the deck side. I, I assume that he agrees that Chapin played poorly, too. Kermag <laughs> Angler, though. I mean, like, I mean, couldn't you have gone with something like Necropolis Fiend? Or, like, you know, if you were going to go with some sort of Delve creature? Or, like, Soul Flayer? I, I don't even know. Like, I mean, it's too expensive. Yeah, I guess the, I guess Soul Flayer just doesn't really do enough in a deck like that. But 
I can see because you could like <laughs> you could if you play if you have like a Mishra's Bobbler two and a fetch land, you could cast I guess Thought Scour in step, uh, sack your Mishra's Bobble, sack your fetch land, and you could play this on turn two with Stubborn Denial backup. I think. Hmm. I think uh, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> the card that jumped out at me was Tombstalker. You know, like. Yeah. Why not Tombstalker? It would have been an extra black. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it's a 5-5 five, five flyer for black-black if you have six cards, you know, that you can delve away. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, that's, I guess, you know, I guess a it's turn, just not what he was looking later. If it, You know what I mean? If he's really going for what Steven's saying and, like, you know, this on turn two with a Stubborn Denial backup. But I feel like you just need more backup. Did he have Spell Pierce, too? I mean, like... I feel like no. you really need to protect that thing because you're kind of going all in on like a 5-5 five, five vanilla creature, you know? No, no spell pierce. Uh, Stubborn Denial looks like the only main deck counter spell. Huh. I feel like <clears> you <throat> would just want like eight or like six plus copies of that effect if you need that effect on turn two. But anyway. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's there's got to be something, you know, maybe there's more to it than than just what it looks like on the surface, a delve deck. Yeah. Uh, I, I again, I hadn't seen the list until now. I saw him featured on camera and was, uh, you know, disappointed that I didn't see very much of the deck. So this is my first look at it too. So uh, the in the event final, you <laughs> really did write that, Stephen. And I can't read that, but um, <laughs> Lee Shi Tian. <laughs> no, that yeah. was the quarterfinal. I was just rooting for Burn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually like watched that. But did he, he won though, right? Mm-mm. Oh no, no no he was the burn player that's right he was so the burn player that bought Antonio Del Moral Leon is that and, it and what was yep. he playing uh, Splinter Twin okay good so Blue Splinter Red. Twin beat the stupid hive mind deck yes the amulet deck it's a stupid hive mind deck it's not an amulet deck amulet decks do cool stuff okay. <laughs> you don't you don't think it was a cool deck I thought it was I, I made don't... the mistake of of referring to it as a new deck on Twitter and I had to argue with people that. Uh, you know, I know it's not a new deck, but it's, I shouldn't have used that word, but it rhymed with blue because I was like, should I root for the new deck or the blue deck? And, yeah, right. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, I figured you would root for Splinter Twin. But I think the Amulet deck is, is cool. Like it's, I, I think I'd get sick of it after seeing it a lot. And my point when I referred to it as a new deck was that compared to Twinter, uh, <laughs> Twinter. Twinter Twin. Twinter, Twinter Splin. <laughs> compared to that deck uh the amulet deck is like a rogue deck it's just it doesn't right, show right. up and like one percent of the field was playing amulet uh at the pro tour so so if that deck keeps winning over and over again you think it'll be safe for us to say that twinter is coming okay thanks i mean thanks. you can name an episode that yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll name this actually no this one actually has to be called cutting our thosses but uh you'll get into that later I'm sure. yeah we'll get into that okay. later um, <laughs> but that, this, we'll bank that one for future use. Um, I didn't know they're actually, I'm, I'm looking at your, uh, pictures, Joey. I didn't know they're actually in like a, like a little booth, the, the announcement. Yeah. Team. So the booth is an actual booth. <laughs> like they're in yeah. a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looks like that game show, like the soundproof booth. They, they, they put them in. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So. Uh, what Steven's referring to is what I did when I showed up. I got the press pass, as I mentioned, and I, I um, met up with Ellen uh, Bergeau, who is the uh, one of the Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I think she's the director of Global uh, – what is it called? I, I wrote it down in the article here <laughs> because 
I couldn't remember what she was actually what her title was. But uh, anyway, I met up with her. She's the director of global organized play for Wizards. Mm. So, um, but anyway, I met up with her and she gave me the tour around like the the backstage area and you know showed me everything. And then I just kind of wandered around back there and hung out back there for the rest of uh, for most of the rest of the day because that was where all the the action was happening. But yeah, um, yeah. I I posted some of the pictures on uh, our website. Mm-hmm. I want my mtg.com. So you guys can take a look. But um, yeah, you'll see the guys in the booth. They're in essentially a large phone booth. That's like, outstanding. It's uh, I guess it's kind of like three phone booths together, maybe that kind of size. But yeah, it's a little little cube or cubicle sort of thing. Yeah. So did you actually watch the the top eight from, I guess, the, the area where the, the, the players were actually playing instead of the uh, I guess there's so, like a sort of. Okay. Um, so they had screens all over the place. So you could kind of uh, you could watch from any number of places and you were what your view was was the same as everybody else that watched that was watching on Twitch because it's just showing you that feed. Um, then uh, as far as like being there live, if you actually look at some of the pictures, I'm never really that close up because I had to I, I wasn't allowed to go past like a certain point, which was, I mm-hmm. guess, about 10 to 12 feet away from the table. So couldn't really see what was happening from uh, from where I could stand. So if I wanted to watch the games, I was standing somewhere where there was a screen within sight. So um it was kind of like on and off. I was watching the games and then sometimes I was walking around taking pictures and then coming back and seeing what was going on in the games. I'm just curious. Can you actually like from where the actual players playing the matches are, can you hear the like the crowd? Because you could hear it on the feed, which I didn't know if, if like they could um, also hear that or not. It's like you can hear it sort of, but not it's not like that easy. I think they, it, they're really kind of they're at opposite ends of a giant room and uh and I think you you can hear player reaction, but the other thing is there's a bunch of people out there in like the the area that's open to the public uh, that are playing Magic and they're making noise and they're reacting to their own games. <laughs> so so you hear people making all kinds of noises that might not even have anything to do with the game that's that's happening on the table in front of you. So I think they kind of ignore that for the most part. Wow, I'm just looking at these pictures right now. I can't. I just can't believe like the this the level of production. Yeah, that's just, what shocked me because because we did the last we did, time. Go ahead. Well, so we did the SCG open stuff, and it was like, you know, the one guy with a computer. You know what I mean? Right. Like, man, and that's they... still how GPs are. Even even the, for Wizards, their their Grand Prix are still that same setup. I was talking to Marshall, um, and you know that's what he was he was saying. Like it's such a big production for the Pro Tour. But the Grand Prix are the same sort of setup as SCG Live, where it's you know the the one or two computers and one camera or two cameras, you know, two little setups, nothing to, you know on uh, even approaching this scale. Mm-hmm. The last time I had been at a Pro Tour was Worlds in San Francisco in 2011, and they at that point hadn't really. Um, I, I think at that point they weren't broadcasting. The whole weekend or you know the whole event they were just broadcasting the top eight so the setup was minimal even though they had like the fancy 
sort of feature match area and everything. So that all looked the same uh-huh. on the back end. Like it was, it was nothing like it is. I walk back there and you feel like you're in NASA or something, you know, like <laughs> just screens, monitors everywhere. Yeah. Even the Japanese coverage team has their own little corner of the room. That's kind of uh, boxed off. There's a photo of it and you can kind of see through the, uh, through the cloth there at the the little setup that they have. Um, and their setup is kind of similar to, at least from what I could see of it, uh, their setup is similar to SCG live or, or Grand Prix setup, but, uh, the rest of the, the setup back there just monitors everywhere. And, uh, like we said, the, the commentators who are doing the game analysis are physically in a booth. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So it's just a really neat, um, experience to be able to kind of go back there and see all that absolutely uh, now what what is it like now as a as a spectator you know not necessarily backstage for the top eight well i guess there wasn't any play on that final day except for the top eight so you didn't really get to see the event like right. in, in a bigger scale because i'm just i'm just curious what it's like for the people who are there on like on like Friday, I guess it starts on Friday, right? Right. So the people that are there Friday and Saturday, are there like side events now? Are there things for them to do, or is it just like, hey, we're at the Pro Tour, cool? You know, like I don't, I just don't know, like if they've gone back to that sort of thing, or if it's like the Pro Tour is the event, or if there's any other TOs running like smaller side events or anything. Yeah. So when I was there on Sunday yesterday, um, there were side events happening so like drafts and things like that so so people were playing so side events were definitely there i'm assuming they were there they were having side events on friday and saturday as well um going back to uh if you guys remember back in 2011 they had they would do like the magic weekend and in paris they had pro tour paris and grand prix paris on the same weekend which was just unreal because there were just so many players and they had uh paul Rietzel, i believe was playing in both events and he made top eight um and so he's running between grand prix rounds and playing in his matches in the top eight like all these players talk about oh i I, you know i made top eight and my team tested while i you know i had dinner and went to bed so i could get rest and my team tested the matchup for me paul Rietzel's just like i don't need rest you know, I, I mean, I don't know what he did the night before, but at least at that at that event, he's like, I'll play in this Grand Prix while I'm waiting to play in the top eight. Like, OK, <laughs> um, but so they were having these huge events and that was obviously open to the to the public and open right. to it's an open event. Um, and they did that for a bit and then they made the Pro Tours uh, closed to the public for just a short amount of time. So um, my what I was getting at was they've gone large and small as far as having side events or events for people who aren't qualified for the pro tour. And I think they're, you know, back to the small scaled side events right now, because I don't think there would have been enough room to have anything too big. Um, given that the pro tour was taking up a lot of space earlier on Friday and Saturday Mm -hmm. on Sunday, there was plenty of room, um, because a lot of the competitors had left. Right. Uh, and they didn't need to be worrying about they didn't need to have tables set up for the pro tour besides the feature match area. Right. So. Right. Huh. That's that's neat. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's public again. Because, yeah, me too. You know, because it's always one of those things where it's like, man, I want to even if I don't make the pro tour. It'd be nice to go to, yeah. at least, you know, check it out and to cover it, you know, right. for the podcast. 
but like feeling like I mean, I this is the first I've ever I even heard of this. So now I'm this is the first time I've ever been like, well, maybe we should look at the pro tours and see which ones we can like attend just to, as spectators or as right. podcasters. If you count Worlds as a pro tour, which it was, it was just a pro tour with a you know uh, I guess a bigger pro tour with mm-hmm. the a branding of worlds when they had it set up that way. Yeah. Um, you know, you've been to a pro tour in New York in 2007. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a pro tour. And I've been to five now. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I didn't, I started thinking about it and I'm like, I've been, I went to New York and then in 2011, I went to Paris, Philadelphia and San Francisco. <laughs> three wow. of the pro tours that year. Wow. That's crazy. And then this one. So it's, it's been a different experience every time. Uh, at least slightly. With New York, we were just there for side events. We right. weren't even, you know, we didn't podcast back then. Although we were on a podcast. We were on uh, Monday Night Magic. Yeah. Um, but it, so it's been a slightly different experience every time. But it's cool that it's open to the public. I was really happy about that. Um, I got to, uh, you know, touch base with a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a while. I got to, uh, I saw Ruben. Actually, him and I ran into each other right when we were coming in. And um, and then of course I got to chat with, with Marshall and with, uh, trick Jarrett and, uh, BDM for a few minutes and, you know, just kind of talk to, you know, a bunch of people that I hadn't seen in a while. It was, it was great. That's awesome. Uh, you know what I just thought about and I haven't even like, we didn't even make a big deal of it when it happened, but we started the podcast in like 2009, right? Right. This podcast has existed for over five years. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's just so weird. I didn't even think it was like September, right, of yep. 2009. So like it's been five ye- over five years now since we started the podcast. That is so crazy. Yeah, it is. Just totally, totally, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about nostalgia. It got me nostalgic. But anyway. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just, just to kind of bring things back to, you know, the game itself, uh, I was excited about this Pro Tour also because it was modern, and I think if I had to choose a format, I think modern's my favorite format. But it's my favorite format because of the card pool and not because of the metagame <laughs> because <laughs> I kind of feel like Wizards is... They're not quite there yet with with modern. Um, I think... I guess it depends upon your definition of what a successful format is and what wizards wants it to be but i would think that a format where one deck takes up nearly a third of the field at the pro tour and one of the four pillars of of kinds of decks when you say you know aggro mid-range combo and control is completely missing i'd say you don't have a successful format yet um there's no control deck there hasn't been since the inception of the format in i think 2011 was when modern first uh first came out or 2010 or 2011 so it's been around for four or five years and control has pretty much never been a a thing so i feel like they're not there yet and then this tournament had like i think it was 28 percent of the field was abzan yeah it's close Uh, to that yeah so that's uh that's a little bit much (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much what um i mean that's exactly what we said last week on the show right um we said that uh that that would be the the most represented deck in the field yeah i don't think anybody was surprised yeah. right right uh lots of infect decks lots of burn decks um 
Yeah, I can't get behind the Amulet Bloom deck. Like we we were saying on the show last week, <laughs> any deck that you need like an instruction manual to play, like it's not a deck anymore. It's like you're 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 operating a machine. That could be a good thing because the that was some conversations I was having there. Um, it's it's like it's a difficult deck to play. It's not like eggs where once you kind of know how it works, it's just hey, I can be an idiot and still and play this deck. It's just going to take me way longer because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> right. Where this deck, you do need to know what you're doing. And so what's anybody who picks it up and just takes it and goes, I, you know, I went X4, this deck sucks. It's like, no, you probably don't know how to play it. And, you know, if, if they're not going to put the time into it, they're going to set it aside. So it's not going to get a lot of, uh, you're not going to see tons of people picking up this deck and winning with it, I think is the, the point. So, yeah, so it's not going to, like, take over the format or become such a nuisance. It's yeah. just going to be one of those decks, like, in Legacy, having to play against frickin' lands. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh! <laughs> like, not everybody plays it, but when they do, like, when you get paired up against it, it's like, oh, great, here we go, lands, great. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, because I like, so I'm not a fan of the deck. I do not like... The I mean, let me be honest. Like walking to work this morning, I ordered a playset of Sundial of the Infinite, <laughs> which apparently I'm not the only person who's done that because they were sold out on SCG. Um, but I found a playset for like 350 shipped. I'm like, well, just in case for my affinity sideboard, get me a playset of these so I don't lose to my own copy of some random uh, right. zero casting cost spell. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, which I actually think is a pretty interesting sideboard, uh, sideboard option against the deck. Um, yeah. It's so never specific thought. though. It is, yeah. but I, but I specifically do not want to lose to this deck. <laughs> okay. Like seriously, I, I, there are certain decks where I'm like, I'm going to be so tilted if I lose to this stupid deck and my deck does what it does anyway. You know, I almost don't always feel like I need to sideboard much with Affinity because it's just, it just does its thing. Right. Um, but having answers to specific decks that I will be tilted if I lose to them is not a bad thing <laughs> for the overall health of my day and my tournament experience. <laughs> I'd have to think about that, but my initial impression is it's probably not worth the sideboard slot. <laughs> It might not be. I don't know. It's yeah. too narrow, I think. It's too narrow. Well, you know... <laughs> you can't make 1% of your sideboard a card, so... Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. Well, anyway. I, and it's an artifact, so I'll just, I'll just run a main deck then. I'll okay. just use them yeah, as, yeah. A, as a way to, um, you know, lose. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so, yeah... One thing that's uh, that's completely crazy is that there was way more burn than than. Uh... Oh, Stephen, you you called burn winning, right? Well, yeah, I was just going off the fact that if we thought a significant percentage of the field was just going to be Abzan, then burn has a great matchup versus it. So why not? Right. Um, but you just wanted your horse to win the race. Is all it was. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> um. Burn is so good in, in modern. I mean, there's just so many, so many good cards. I'm, uh, I'm jealous. There's really a lot of good burn cards. Yeah, I and haven't... then with everybody playing fetch lands and shock lands, it's just like, wow, thanks for making the game that much easier. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of the only times where you can go, "I'm winning," and not be like a total idiot. Like, yeah, I haven't looked at these lists yet. Um, I, you know, I worked. God, I worked like ten hours today and like eight hours yesterday, and just uh, haven't had a chance to really look at. And then Saturday didn't get to look at any coverage because we were playing in an event. Um, like, like it's exactly like I said it was last week. This is just what my life is like. Um, but I'm really excited to see some of these burn lists because I am building burn. I have pretty much the whole deck already. I just need to actually put the cards together and sleeve it up. Um, so it's cool to see uh, the deck actually show up in like a real event <laughs> with real players playing it. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I've, I've always thought it was a real deck in modern. I've always respected the deck and and, you know, have been excited. You know me, Joey. Yep. I, I want to play some burn as much as possible. Um, but uh, to see that choice vindicated by these pros, that's a good. It's a good feeling. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so now I feel I feel good having like, you know, uh, Affinity was the uh, best performing uh, deck on the day, um, in term or on the weekend in terms of total constructed points. Uh, it was tied. Uh, with a, a burn deck and an infect deck, all had 27 points. Uh, Affinity, infect, burn, 27 points each. Um, to have two of those three decks pretty much built is just like, yeah, all right, I'm in modern. All right, you know, like, because right. <laughs> this time last year I was, uh, I was just barely like interested in 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 playing the format, you know, um, because I hated the format before this year but then i decided i wanted to have an open mind and get into it and uh now i've got two decks that are rocking at the pro tour so i'm just like yeah yeah you're in you're into it meanwhile i have my modern deck is blue white control which is not a deck at the pro tour (laughs) hey it was it, it showed up it showed up uh christian fair um played blue white control he got uh 21 points he got seven wins that's not too bad, I guess. Yeah, thir- 30 or 27 points overall on the day. So I think I must that must have placed, you know, at least like top yeah. 32. So not too shabby, you know. So there's, there's hope for you still. But I agree with you 100%, you know. I don't play control typically, but I agree 100%. Like I'm, I'm happy to see blue-black control showing up in standard now. Yeah. Because it's it, you're you're right. Like there need these pillars need to be there um, to feel like you're actually playing Magic. You need to expect you know three different kinds of decks at any point. You know, like you don't shouldn't just be like or four. I guess if you count like mid range, you know. Right. I yeah. I figured there's like aggro, mid range, combo, and control. Right. Right. So like you know to just to just show up to a tournament knowing oh I'm not going to play any control decks. So I don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z. It's just kind of this. It's that's wrong. It's yeah, wrong. and it kind of I feel like it's a little bit frustrating that it's been this long, you know. Where really, I mean, people will will probably say, "Oh, well, blue, white, red control," but that's like that's like a tempo deck, you know. I guess it it's technically a control deck. It's not pure control, but it's uh, it's I guess the closest the modern modern has. So, um. I guess that's even turning more into like a Geist list than anything else. Right, right. Yeah, so it's not exactly the the control deck uh, that 
you know, that we're talking about when people, when people say control, that's not really the kind of deck they're talking about. Um, so it's, but it is, it's a shame that this format's been around for this long and they can't seem to find, uh, some sort of balance to be able to allow for that deck to be, or for a control deck or control decks to be a part of the format, uh, in any kind of consistent way. Yeah. And uh, now what, I mean, what sort of, th- I mean, cause you know, you're the guy who wants to see it happen. Um, what do you think they need to do in order to create the space for that deck? Do you think they need to print better cards like for for modern, or do you think that they need to ban other things or unban certain things? I think I just answered my own question. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. So, so just tell me that you want Jace, the mind sculpture unbanned. Go ahead. Well, I would like that, but that's just, that, that actually doesn't, doesn't, or that isn't an actual answer to your question because, oh, okay. Okay. I don't really know that Jace the Mind Sculptor would put uh, would do enough because I'm I'm sure people would decide to play it and maybe I'm wrong. I haven't uh, I guess I don't think I'm qualified to answer right now because I don't I haven't thought about that uh, at all. I hadn't haven't given too much thought to that. It just feels like you know the people that really are sculpting this format at Wizards. You know they're trying to build a format. They haven't succeeded at that particular uh, that particular job yet to to get that kind of deck in there, and so maybe Jace the Mind Sculptor is is something that would would work. Um, I don't know if that really is enough. But yeah, I don't I don't want to keep talking about it because I don't feel confident in my answer. I, I, sure. I would like Jace the Mind Sculptor unbanned. Sure. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, I know. I know. I know that that's you know what you would want because you love that card. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't know what it would take for that deck to be competitive in right. this field. Um, because things are just like the format's so fast. You've got like the amulet deck playing primeval Titans on turn two and you know, just everything. So much of the format is so fast mm-hmm. that it's hard for a, uh, for a control deck to really find footing uh, unless the, the, game goes uh yeah unless the control deck can kind of put the brakes on things it's tough so um i I don't want to say it's unplayable obviously like you said this guy christian fair i'm looking at his deck right now um you know he he thought it was playable and he did pretty well with it so it's it's playable but um but barely (laughs) right it's not it's not showing up i mean like you got one guy you know who showed up with uh with uh with 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 blue white control and uh, unfortunately one guy is only one less person than the number of women that were present at this pro tour apparently mm. um which that's a shame yeah it is I really love seemed to like see. The, there were more and more women uh it was like the on the rise and then i guess i'm surprised to hear that i hadn't really thought about it i'd you... seen a couple tweets about it over the weekend it's just okay. kind of uh aaron aaron was actually the one who was uh, was doing the research <laughs> was uh, you know was looking was scouring the list and then like even like in some of like the uh, gender ambiguous uh, names mm-hmm. you know she did like a Google search and and found out that you know that's that's actually true two women total out of a wow. field of like four hundred players 
Well, I mean, and then it's a shame, but at the same time, I guess you got to go, well, you have to qualify for it and not, you know, you can't blame anybody for it. Right. No, of course it's not. Just it's, it's, just, it's just unfortunate. Exactly. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's just very unfortunate to see that. Um, no, I don't think it relates to the lack of blue white control in any way. I'm just, just saying. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think it does either. <laughs> I don't understand how that could possibly related but yeah no not at all (laughs) but anyway i'm gonna have to let you guys go i enjoyed being on the episode unless you had something else you wanted me to to talk about well i'm really happy to have you on and um that was an awesome surprise yeah wasn't that cool (laughs) i was i i i I knew well we just talked about it this morning right joey yeah it was kind of like a last minute thing anyway right i was like i was like you want to come on and then like even you know i knew when i asked you steven if we were if you were free tonight so i just kept it i just kept it quiet <laughs> cuz why not yeah exactly it's it's nice it's nice to have you on once in a while uh, yeah it's hope- fun to fun to just kind of jump on and talk for a few minutes and then let you guys get back to the uh, previously scheduled program you know <laughs> <laughs> it's just cool it's cool you got to go down there um, to dc and check it out the pictures are great Thanks. It's just it's just so cool to see uh, the other side and, yeah. and to see just how big the pro tour has gotten in terms of coverage, yeah. in terms of production. Like it just blows my mind to see those things. It's just so cool. Like I just don't know. Like I, like you said, the last time we were at a pro tour or together was mm-hmm. in 2007 for Worlds, and Worlds was like the biggest thing, and right. there was like you know a monitor in the thing and that was it like i don't think there was any <laughs> online coverage right like that was i mean a... there were articles that's there it. there was video coverage but was it actually streaming online um i don't know how i guess they they probably streamed the top eight in 2007 but i couldn't swear to it right um, they obviously record you know they did record the video uh and put it up but i i'm assuming they streamed it i'm pretty sure they did i think they were streaming it at that point but it was just the top eight so right and they kept that up for a while you know like it, they didn't start streaming the whole tournament until just a couple of years ago so uh i think basically star city showed that it can be done to to actually stream a whole tournament and get viewers for an entire weekend and so wizard said yeah look it can be done let's do it right your your your, your target audience is indoor kids of course you're gonna <laughs> have people watching it online exactly <laughs> But it's cool. Well, uh, you know, if uh, we don't talk to you on the show again, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon, and uh, I'll see you in August when I come into town for BronyCon. Cool. I'm not. I'll, I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> <laughs> you did, I did, that's the first you heard of me going to that, isn't it? It is. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, then I will. Uh, I will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Later. Bye. So you are going to BronyCon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going. I'm going. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't. Oh, I didn't tell you either. I don't know. I said it on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I get. I, I don't listen ago. to these. I, we already talked You about listen this. when I'm talking to you. I'm on, I'm on the call with you, saying the words to you. Yeah, sometimes I'm on mute, though. <laughs> but I'm not on mute. You're muting yourself. You still can hear my voice. <laughs> Word up. All right. So, uh, Pro Tour, you got, uh, you got some stuff you want to talk about, uh, regarding to the Pro Tour. Like I said, I didn't get to watch any freaking coverage. I did follow along on Twitter as much as I could. 
I got to watch a little bit of it. I, I didn't actually get to watch the, the finals, although it didn't look like a great matchup either way. And apparently it wasn't for the amulet bloom combo player, uh, Justin Cohen, mm-hmm. um, just because it the, so the other semifinals was a splinter tin splinter twin mirror match with, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think one player had two blood moons in the main deck and like one or two in the sideboard. And the other one had like two or three in the sideboard. So it's just basically he's going to have to play against at least three blood moons in the finals, which is just, there's no way to beat that card for the uh, amulet bloom deck because they just don't run basics. Wow. Okay. Um, And a lot of the combo is like, uh, you know, casting primeval Titan and then fetching up um, Teleria West and a, uh, career land like one of the Ravnica career lands so that you bounce that back to your hand so then you can transmute to Laria West get a summoner's pact and then now you have another primeval titan effectively <laughs> so I mean, the deck's crazy um <laughs> like I going into this event I was rooting against that deck and and I know we spent uh, a considerable amount of time last week talking about how huffing and no, puffing about no it. one needed to worry about that deck because it wasn't real and it was stupid and these super IQs are a small sample size, so don't worry about it. And everyone that played it did incredibly well. And, you know, one of them made the finals. But the deck just can't operate through a, through a Blood Moon, uh, period. Good so, yeah. Um, there was, like, I think Sam Black tweeted, like, one potential strategy to get out of it. Like, if you have, like, you have to get in under it, like, by playing Island into... Um, uh, you have to have like island and try to search up for Vesuva to to make another island, and then play Hive Mind, and then and then win win that way. Like that's the only way you can win through a Blood Moon, uh, which was interesting. But um, so yeah, Twin won, and the rest of the matches I was basically just watching the Burn players because I wanted to root them on, but I, to no to no to no effect. They both lost in the the first round of the top eight. Uh, is Lishi Ch- <laughs> Wow, that's a typo. That's what I was laughing about <laughs> earlier. I was like, I guess I can't say that. Oh man. I was he added an extra letter. Too. He added added an extra letter to Li Shi's second name. Yeah, Li Shi Chan. Uh, and and totally not like totally unintentional, but uh. I was rooting for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They burn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anything anything interesting going on with these burn lists? It's a little different. Um, not all the decks previously before the Pro Tour were running for monast- Monastery, Monastery, Swiss, Monastery, Swift Spear, uh-huh. alongside the obvious and obligatory Four Goblin Guide. But these are all running the Four Swift Spears. People are running anywhere from one to three uh, Lava Mancers, Grim Lava Mancers, even though I said that was dumb last week as well. Um, and then a, no, a, a lot of them, and from like different teams, uh, they're all running the White Splash for Boros Charm and Lightning Helix, and most of them are running the single stomping ground for the sideboard destructive rivalries. But instead of like we had seen people use that White Splash to do Leyline of Sanctity, like with I think it was GP Kobe a while back when Burn won that event. Um, instead, they're using the double white that you could secretly get to. Um, to play uh, Core Firewalker out of the sideboard, hmm. uh, which I think is pretty pretty good sideboard tech. I'd actually, 
Yeah, because I had realized that, and I tried um, uh, Forge Tinder. Um, what was it Burrington? Bur- what is the thing called? Burrington Forge Tinder. Bur- uh, yes, something like that. Burlington yeah. Coat Factory. <laughs> yes. Um, Burlington Coat Factory Forge Tender. Yeah, and I'd, I'd and I thought about uh, Core Firewalker, but just wasn't sure if the mana would work because it's kind of a two drop, and you you want to get that down early. But that was there's two or three of those in almost every sideboard of the burn deck, and I can't remember who did it, but one person who who did really well and had one of the best uh, records uh, during the construction portion uh, went further, and they had four Mirren Crusaders in the sideboard just to make the junk matchup even more ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but that's pretty much the only uh, the only thing I was really saw out of the the burn decks. Just that uh, more lightning helix. A lot of people weren't running lightning helix main. Um, a lot of people are doing that now. Like in the pro tour, people were doing that. Previously, people were not playing lightning helix, hmm. and it was the white was basically just for Boros charm and sideboard cards. Yeah. Um, and I think some people were running wear tear on the sideboard, which I I don't really like. Yeah. I just like either. Lishi Chan ran both Destructive Revelry and Smash the Smithereens. Yeah. Just yeah. to make the affinity matchup stupid, I guess. You can bring in six Terminates with upside. Then <laughs> they're cheaper. And yeah, instant speed. So, you know, not bad. Um, no bad. No bad. Nah, that's that's a bad great. idea. It's great. I think it's a really poor choice. I don't think anyone should do that going forward. Yeah, I'd been, I had been running uh, Dragon's Claw, but I guess that's just better. The uh, Firewalker, if you can cast it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's the, only, that's the only thing on Burn I had. Um, there's some other just kind of cool decks. Um, <laughs> we already talked about Ch- uh, Chapin's Esper Delve deck. But there was actually a deck uh, that was very similar, that actually like had one of the better constructed records. Um, gosh, let me look through the notes here. Because I basically wrote down every like semi-interesting... Deck list Ray, Ray Tautic, the Vengevine list. Yeah. Yeah, so it was uh it ran four Lotlif Troll, uh three Golgari Grave Troll, three Gurmag Angler, <laughs> and then three Seder Wayfinder, and then four Gravecrawler, four uh Bloodgast, and then a couple murders cuts. And you always point out when someone runs a boil in their sideboard. That's so sweet. <laughs> He's always got that. He's got one boil, all caps, in the sideboard. People forget that's a, like a, a modern legal card. <laughs> you just, you just like, blow up all the islands. You love that card. <laughs> that's Splinter Twin. Yeah, seriously, though. Oh, man. Can't win through that. You know what else they can't win through? Just taking 20 life from them before they play their fourth land. That's you know, what I that's, did. Yeah, that's also a thing. That was my strategy. <laughs> I actually think the burn, it, it just depends. It's not that, it's not as bad as people think it is for versus Splinter Twin. I think it's oh, like, yeah. I think it's like 40, 60 at worst. It's probably, yeah. it's a lot closer to 50, 50. And for some reason, I think it's, I, I like, I don't mind playing against Splinter Twin. Like, I mean, sometimes they have to, like they have exactly, um, you know, Splinter Twin turn four, but it's not like Spur- like Burn can't kill you by then, right? So, um, some other interesting lists. I mean, there's all kinds of flavors of uh, Splinter Twin. Uh, there's a lot of Grixis Splinter Twin. Um, 
There was one with four humble defectors, which is just awesome. Oh, it was Rixus, twin. Oh, that's right. Splinter that's twin right. with four humble defectors. So yeah, if you like, if you put Splinter Twin on humble defector, and you make a copy, you you, just, you tap the token to draw two cards, and then give them a token that leaves play at the end of turn. So you just, you're just drawing two cards a turn. You can tap them to draw two cards, and then with that on the stack, uh, you can cast your Pestermite or whatever to untap them. And then tap them again. You draw four cards before giving it away. You that's probably, ridiculous. Probably draw I mean, a light bolt or something like that. For a deck that's just like you know really trying to dig for those two cards, that's just a really ridiculous combo. Yeah, it's <laughs> great, just, and it could just block. Is nuts. It could just block if you need to live to to, to execute your combo. It's, I think it's a really cool card. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a there's an affinity list with two Tezzeret Agent of Bolas in it. Really? Yeah. That's the, is that the old? No, that's not the old one. That's the blue black. Blue black one, one yeah. Hmm. Um, it's Pedro Carvalho. I think it's the guy that that's, um I forget what his name is on Moto, but he plays like just a ton of Magic. Hmm. Um, there's a few Doran decks. It was like junk with Doran, and it makes sense. Like you're not going to get a better deal for your mana than than Doran. Right, and you said it had some of the. Uh... The tree folk harbinger or whatever. Yeah, there's one with three tree folk har- harbingers in it, and it ran two. Um, I think it ran two sp- uh, spell skites. Because hmm. then that becomes like an aggro card. It's a four four for two. Yeah, wow, it really does, doesn't it? Doran plus spell skite. That is fun. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, so Craig Wesco played like Doran, like tokens, kind of. We played four Birds of Paradise, four Doran, four Tarmogoy, four Spellskite, main. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, if you think of, if you think there's going to be a lot of uh, Splinter Twin, that's just awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, same with Burn. Uh, four Siege Rhino and four Sor- Soren Solemn Visitor. And then four Lingering Souls. Huh. Which, I mean, that, that actually seems like a really well-positioned deck. Because Solemn Visitor is amazing versus Burn. Uh, Spellskite's amazing versus Burn. Spellskite's also amazing versus Splinter Twin. Yeah. And, and Lingering Souls helps you win the Junk Mirror match, as does Doran, because it's just bigger than everything. Yeah, it's good against Affinity, in fact. I don't know. Seems pretty good. Hmm. He doesn't have any main deck discard, but in the sideboard, he had two Memoricide? Memoricide and one Cranial Extraction, which is just weird. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, four main deck spell sky. That's kind of cool. It is. It is. I, and I like the, uh, you know, the tree folk uh, harbinger. You know, is an O three that becomes a three three for one. Mm-hmm. He was not running that. Oh no, no, not him. But I mean, just like if you got that spell sky and that. Oh, that's oh yeah, nuts. that's pretty sweet. I, I like where that's going. Yeah, yeah. There's something. There's something there for sure. <laughs> yeah, Ralph Levy played uh, Lone Pox and actually did really well. Huh. With uh, one Golgari Brown Scale main deck and a Vengeful Pharaoh main deck. Oh, what and what? <laughs> so, uh, Golgari Brown Scale, it's like a 2 3 for 3. I think it's Dredge 2. Yeah, and whenever you, you basically dredge it, when it's put into your hand from your graveyard, you gain 2 life. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the. Vengeful better. Pharaoh? The, what the heck is that? Oh, yeah. I played this in, um, it was like a, a Dredge, like Dredge uh, Gorio's Vengeance deck, but 
it's a pretty cool graveyard card. It's uh, two black, black, black for a 5-4 zombie with death touch. And whenever... Oh, that Yeah, thing. combat From damage... like M11 or something. Yeah, M12. Whenever M12. combat damage is dealt to you or a planeswalker you control, if Vengeful Pharaoh is in your graveyard, destroy target attacking creature, then put Vengeful Pharaoh on top of your library. Hmm. That's pretty sweet. Vengeful Pharaoh. That's a wow. little, That's a fun of right there. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. So strange. Yeah, I guess. No. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say about the tree folk harbinger thing is, I guess that blocks goblin guide all day. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just. Think it's a good blocker. That. That's why I wanted to bring it up again, not just because of its interaction with Doran being a three three. It's obvious, but pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Uh, roadblock for a goblin guide absolutely there's a and there's a couple of uh gruel or naya zoo decks that did well and that was about it which i kind of like that i like that idea because burn is like your best opening hands are ones with like one or two creatures and that's effectively what these zoo cards are they just run a slightly less burn and you just always have the turn one or turn two creatures um and this guy, uh, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Stepan, Stepan, I don't even know, S-T-J-E-P-A-N. Um, he he ran Nyazu and he had four main deck Boros Swift Blades. What? Yeah. You know what that is, right? I barely. I don't so it's a it's a one two double strike for red and a white. Okay. And he's running four Rancor. Four. Oh, right, I know that card. Right, from original Ravnica. Yeah, four Gorklan Rampager. That's pretty sweet. What? <laughs> yeah. And four Mutagenic Growth and one Become Immense. So, I mean, you can just combo them out. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way either. That's pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Huh. <laughs> you can, like, swing for, like, an absurd amount of damage if you just have any of those pump spells. Yeah. Yeah, and it blocks. I mean, I don't know. There's not that many X ones anymore in um, modern because no one's playing Dark Confident on it anymore. It's all, it's all Lingering Souls tokens. Mm-hmm. Although I guess this can swing into that just fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? That's pretty much it. There's a bunch of junk. Um, some of the players oh, be like nice. <laughs> oh, sorry, Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, I played against a junk deck. Oh, but that guy was playing Jund. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, There's in, the, the Pantheon team played Infect. Hmm. None of them made top eight, but a lot of them had really good records. Uh, yeah, that, that was uh, the addition of Tom Ross, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming, because he, he, he tested with them this, this tournament. That's funny. Uh, and then uh, Jacob Wilson was, you know, he's a pod player. And he basically just <laughs> played a junk deck without the pods. Really? So, yeah, instead of, like, pod, he played four Lingering Souls, but still had four Noble Hierarch and I think four birds, but, like, three, I want to say, Gavany Townships. So he was basically just, like, recreating the the pod deck, but <laughs> just no pod. So he Did just he re- go with the Spike Feeder Archangel of Thune? No, okay. Was, uh, I, fantasizing about? Didn't go that far. Did not okay, go that far. Okay. This is just all value <laughs> creatures. Four Siege Rhinos. Uh, just stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and there's three uh, Wilt Leaf Lieges in the uh, Jacob Wilson deck, as, lo- as well as Voice of Resurgence. 
none, none of those cards are bad cards. So. Yeah. And that's modern. Splinterstone won. It didn't Splinter Splinterstone won the first modern Pro Tour as well. <laughs> I can't believe. I just I just can't believe that I'm like. Because I used to hate Splinter Twin was the deck I used to hate in Standard. I used to I it was, we called it Oops I Twin. <laughs> because it was just like oh I have these two cards <laughs> oh, whatever you know like and we hated that deck I mean but, but like. I still, you know, my friend who played it, it was never like any animosity towards him. And I was never like, oh, your deck, uh, you know, I never got like salty at him. But like, it was, it was just one of those decks I just hated playing against. And it's just so amazing to me that to me, Splinter Twin is the good guys in this, uh, in this matchup. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so glad Splinter Twin won. I never thought a day would come. When I'd utter those words, it, it was weird actually watching the tournament. And I think this happened to everyone else. Everyone completely turned and was like all on board for the amulet of vigor win. Really? And everyone was like, Hey, like stupid blood moon, stupid, uninteractive blood moon. What a lame <laughs> card. Oh, <this> stinks. <laughs> it was really funny. Cause people were like anti, like going into it. They're like this. I, we don't like this deck. This deck's stupid guys. But then I guess when people realize, like, because that's not a fun match to watch. It's like, you know, yeah. turn two, remand your spell, turn three, Blood Moon, I win. So I think yeah. that's why people turned on it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that, that, that's never fun. That's never fun television, you know. Um, but uh, but it's, it's a great strategy. So M- you can't. It's much can't... better than Sundial the Infinite. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> it fits better into my deck than Blood Moon, though. You have to admit that. Mm, no. Actually, yes. A lot better. It does. You made fun of me for Blood Moon and my sideboard of Affinity, but it actually worked out great for me, too. Um, Just run Thoughtseize. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got options, man. I've got. I mean, it's nice. It's nice to know. Like I've got a, a nice wide array of, of cards I could use to build various versions of affinity which is just a nice feeling i'm like i've got the tempered steels i've pretty much got anything i would want to have to adapt the deck in any direction i want to go in other than like i think i sold or traded away my tezzeret agent of bolas but i don't really care is ensnaring bridge just stupid um what is that it's the creatures with power less than the number of cards in your hand can attack you yeah or power greater than the number of cards in your hand. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? Like as an affinity sideboard option or? No, I guess it's not good because then like, um, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. The, the guy that taps to put a plus one, plus one counter on all your artifact creatures becomes a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Cause they, cause your creatures can't attack either. Nope. It's symmetrical. Yeah, so, no, probably not, because you need to swing. <laughs> you need to, you need to swing with things that are hopefully big. Yeah, Burn was running that in the sideboard for a little while. Now for Burn, yeah, it's not too bad. That's I would say better than fine. I think that's pretty damn good. Yeah, but not for Affinity. No, I think Sundial. Sundial is a, is a fine sideboard card <laughs> for a specific matchup. For a specific deck that still needs artifacts. Like, throwing enchantments into an artifact deck is annoying at best. You know? Yeah, but um, they don't get Shatterstormed. 
they don't, and it's true, and it does feed right into people's sideboard plans against your deck. Yep. But what are they? I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. Just thoughtsies. Just take whatever they side in against you. It's true, and then stick your sundial. You're right. Oh my god, sundial. Yep, four of side. Uh, I think we've had enough modern talk for one week. I just want to have them. I just want to have them. Um, it's a cool card. It's undervalued. Yeah. It, that that actually, I like that. I like how much how much are it was like. Oh, they were they were bulk. They were fifty cents each. Oh, That's Star perfect. City. That's fine. But uh, I mean, I got them for th- I got a play set for three fifty shipped. You know. Yeah, um, and you can why like, not? You could Gorio's Vengeance and with the exile tr- uh, trigger on the stack in your turn and. Ah. Keep your grizzle brand. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, but why? I mean, why not just have a playset? You know, I've, I've got what? Are, yeah, they're still they're still yeah, they're sold out at fifty cents on Star City. So are any of those stupid like red red take an extra turn, but then you lose the game at the end of turn? Are any of those modern legal? No. Final Fortune is not seventh edition. Last last printing. Ah, uh, I guess you could do you, you could do that. I guess. <laughs> But someone like they they made a joke deck and put it on uh, one of those you know sites where you can upload decks and it was like turn to in like turn to combo deck and it was just all the <laughs> it was just all those cards and but basically the joke is that you lose the game <laughs> and so it just had like a million cards that would lose you the game on turn two. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and so someone posted it's like this is the most consistent turn two deck I can find. That's that's awesome. <laughs> oh man! So uh, fortunately, we have a sense of humor about losing. It's a good transition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, so uh, we played in a PPTQ on Saturday. Uh, we were gonna play at regionals. I know that's what we said on the podcast uh, last week, but. Um, First of all, I mean, I like I said, like we both said, we got like zero testing in for the event. weren't exactly certain on our deck choices, uh, even though we picked decks. We weren't. I, I was confident in my choice, but I wasn't. You know, I didn't have the testing to back that confidence up. Um, and uh, apparently, the uh, regional event that we were going to go to wound up being 340 players. God. Uh, which I can't even imagine that many people fitting in madness. Like, I'm just like, ugh, no way. So what we actually wound up deciding on, like, the day before, um, was we decided we wanted to uh, skip regionals and go to a sealed PPTQ at Roll to Play Games. Um, Yeah, we were just trying to get everyone that was listening to go to regionals. Yeah, yeah. Switch on them. Flip mode, flip mode. Pull a, mode pull a M Night Shyamalan on him. And pull a Busta Rhymes on him. Um, yeah, I fell down and bumped my head. Sorry. Just... Have you people had enough? Anyway. Um... Yes. <laughs> well, that's too bad because I'm going to give you some more. Um, so uh... We went to this event, and um... <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> so we went to this event uh, thinking it would be pretty small. Uh, because everyone would be a regionals. And for the most part, it was. I mean, it was 32 players. Um, and about 8 to 10 of the players were uh, from our local shop. Um, so apparently a lot of people had this idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but um, 
you know, showed up, played some sealed, and uh, Steven and I both made the top eight, uh, which was cool. Um, neither one of us got to pull it out, so. Uh, unfortunate. Uh, I don't want to get, we talked a lot already, so mm-hmm. I really just want to skim over this. I don't even want to get into the, uh, the fact that I ran tag him scheming in my draft deck. Ooh, but, um, ooh, oh my God. I, that you just wasted a card. It was a, it was a fine choice for the deck that I had built. There is anyway. no deck where that is a fine choice. That was a fine choice. I was playing a delve deck. Okay. It was a fine choice for my deck. Yeah, Dark Deals, you know, that enables Delve. It does. I don't think I saw any Dark Deals. And if I did, I wasn't in Delve in pack one. It wasn't until, like, I looked at the end of pack one. I was like, okay, it looks like this is where I'm going. And then I was able to... I think I, like, pack two, pick one, Hooting Mandrels. And I was like, all right, here we go. That was pretty much how it went down. Um, uh, that was a waste of a card. Anyway... Um, so we played sealed. Um, I started out four Oh, um, drew my last two rounds. Round six was the final round and I got paired against Steven. So I was able to draw him into the top yeah, eight. We always play against each other every we tournament. And this was the one time where it was <laughs> beneficial. So, uh, it was, it was, it was cool. It was, it was so nice after all the times of being paired against you and going, oh crap, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, not even because one of us fears the other, but it's like we don't want to eliminate each other. Like I don't want to, I don't want to beat you, and you don't want to beat me necessarily. You know, like can't speak for you exactly, hundred percent. You didn't but have I don't a time like... scheming in your sealed deck, did you? No. Oh, then no, no, I wasn't no, even... no. No, I was playing Mardu. I played like you would have been so proud of my sealed deck. Oh, I played God. Mardu, <laughs> Mardu Agro with Ankle Shanker and Elite Scale Guard, and it was just like my five drops were so vicious. Um, Something happened to us that day. Like you, <laughs> you just ran the most obscene mana bases ever which is like the complete opposite of your normal philosophy and mine were like very conservative it was really weird yeah like no so i ran a mardu deck with hordling outburst and five (sighs) mountains as my only uh red sources now to be fair that hordling outburst came out every game two after round two but i did get to cast it once i am proud to say um that is a crime <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah my, so my fixing was awful i had a scoured barons six plains five swamps five mountains but man this deck was just so good Two. Uh, i'm just gonna look at it right here bathe in Dragonfire, two hooded assassin one elite scale guard one ankle shanker uh, two Sandstep Outcast. I ran Smoldering Efreet. Uh, Marek Nightblade. Valorous Stance. Uh, Murderous Cut. Alicia Smiles at Death. Three Mardu Horde Chief. Uh, Throttle. Pony Back Brigade, which I think I literally never cast. Uh, Smite the Monstrous. Um, Jeskai Barricade for cute stuff. Huh. Uh, no, I totally did. I totally was like, okay, I'll attack with everything. Second main, I will use that. I will bounce my outcast. I will replay it. I'll get another spirit. Like, okay, it was just, it was fine. No, it was, it was. There was a lot of ETB triggers in my deck, like the uh, the hooded assassin, the elite scale guard. Um, you know, there were a lot of them, so it actually did make sense to play it. It, it was one of those was like, this really is an aggro, 
But uh, having that blocker out of nowhere could be cool. But then just being able to maybe bounce something was fine. Um, Typhoid Rats, Collateral Damage, Hordling Outburst, and a Wandering Champion even. Um, that was my deck. I mean, it was just super aggro. Beat you across the face. Like, just game, game one, round one, I just rip... Like, on turn five, I rip the ankle shanker off the top of my deck, play my fifth land. I was like, this is going to be a nice day. <laughs> like, I was just seriously, it was just like, my my mana was all sitting there. Ankle shanker just comes off the top of the deck. And I was like, all right, here we go. Oh, man, what a day. But anyway, um, uh... Anyway, so that was my that was my steel deck. Is there anything you want to talk about with your steel deck? Uh, a bunch of crap and a Whisperwood Elemental. <laughs> you had at least one other good card, though, right? Uh, so it was just basically a green-white deck because I had two. Like all my colors were very even except for green. So it was green, and then the it just came down to I had like two of the we just talked about them. Sand Step Back, yeah. Yeah, it's such a great card. And then I had just enough fixing to also splash uh, Pyrotechnics and Outpost Siege. And that was basically, that was the extent of it. There wasn't anything like special about it. But it was a decent deck that could play its cards. And it was, a, I'd say a 7 or 8 out of 10. It was pretty good. Yeah. I couldn't ask for much more. I'd be greedy. Yeah, just mana base for me, 4 out of 10. Uh <laughs> <laughs> The, the like the the deck and like just the the consistency i mean three mardu horde chief and two sound sand step outcast i mean there were so many games where like i wouldn't even draw any two drops but i'd still be able to go turn three sand step outcast turn four mardu horde chief and i was like just right in it you know yeah, that's pretty good uh, um like even with no turn one or turn two plays i was still like yup this feels good uh i do want to mention one match and sealed where my opponent sure. mold to five. Yes. Oh man, <laughs> this was amazing. Yeah. Like I love how like I think we get more excited about certain losses than wins. <laughs> yeah, because I, I won game one and then game two, uh, I keep my seven. It was you know somewhat decent. Uh, did not matter because he molds to five, but on like each turn, turn three morph, turn four citadel siege. Um, you know, choose, choose the mode that puts counters on stuff. And so it makes a big 4-4, four, four, and I'm like, oh, crap. I got to, like, blow up Pyrotechnics on this, so I did. And then turn 5, he plays a Dramoka, the 5-5 five, five Dragon. Yep. Makes it a 7-7. Seven, seven, mm-hmm. Goes to his next turn. Makes it a 9-9. Nine, nine, swings, bolsters 2 to make it an 11-11, and then cast Become a Mint. And I was at 17 already. Oh, my God. Just kills me on turn 6. Wow. <laughs> from a mold of five. It was amazing. Yeah, I even heard I heard Steven like from over at my match. I heard Steven being like, uh, Judge. I was like, what is what's going on? He's like, Can I take a picture of this? <laughs> yeah. I just wanted... <laughs> so that's pretty good. It's a pretty good uh, and... anytime I mold a five, I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> I knew, I knew as soon as you asked to take a picture, I was like, I know he's not asking to take a picture of his own win. I was like, I know you're Ooh, not that, that guy. Ooh, that would be a no. <laughs> that's, that's, wow, that was a like, sportsman I was like, I was like, I know that Steven just got blown out by something and wants to document it. <laughs> and, like, the morph that I killed that was, like, a 4-4, uh, it was a hooded Hydra. I was like, oh, my God. This is, <laughs> this wow. is ridiculous. Wow. That is a, that's insane. So just remember that. Remember when you're looking at your really crappy 
six six uh, six card hand, and you remember <laughs> that when you when you choose to mold a five. You can go to five and get there. Oh yeah, yeah I I couldn't though in the top eight. So mm. uh, we drafted. Um, I drafted a. We both drafted uh, Soul Tie, right? Pretty much. I drafted green black, and I like speculatively was taking um, <laughs> some of your fixing, probably. <laughs> so probably. Uh, I had like the ability, just like with a free splash for blue, but I was only using it to cast three blue morph cards, so I didn't really. It's basically free. Yeah. But it's just a black green deck with some delve uh, cards. Yeah, and I and I had a couple of delve cards as well. Uh, grabbed a Sagu Mauler. Um, fairly like I felt like it was late in the second pack, or maybe it was just like packed like like pick three or pick two in the second pack. I was like, oh, all right, that's pretty good. Or was it pack three? I don't remember. Either way, I got a Sagu Mauler. Um, a lot of stuff. This is my pro. I need to, so this is the this is what I'm determined. Next time I draft. I'm drafting an aggro deck. <laughs> like, if it's not there, it's not there, you yeah. know? But I tend to... So, I play a lot of sealed, you know? But I don't draft a lot. So, my my draft decks wind up being too slow to win the tournament. Because eventually, you got to get paired up against that aggro deck. Oh, yeah. I... And if it's not you, if you're not the aggro deck... And you're playing the kind of deck I'm playing, like you're gonna lose to the aggro deck. I think I had all your low drop cards you needed to beat the aggro deck. You might problem. have. You might have. I but, had uh, I had seven, one, or two drops. Yeah. And I could side up to nine. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have them. I had like three or four, and they were all main deck. They were all just like please, like. <laughs> um, and. Uh, but I still lost yeah. the aggro deck. You did. You did. Mm-hmm. So in the top eight. Uh, you lost to Thos. I did. And, and um, in the top four, I lost to Thos, mm-hmm. uh, playing just pretty straight up uh, Mardu, or maybe it was even just red white aggro. It was Mardu. It was Mardu aggro, yeah. But it was it was a very aggressive deck. Um, like if you just looked at some of the cards, it wasn't super impressive looking. Yeah, I was like, you had know? like a Jess guy student in it. It was. But it was just really aggro. It was, he, 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 you know, he stuck to a plan and, and went for it and got. I don't know. Did who? I don't even know. Who I don't know who won. <laughs> we left. Yeah, we did. We pieced out. Um, although you said the other guy's deck was pretty stupid, though. Yeah, he had a uh, Colagon. I saw him swing with a Colagon and another dragon <laughs> in the uh, quarterfinals or yeah. semifinals uh, for like twelve. It was pretty stupid. Yeah, if, if 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 he managed to get to six mana against Thos, then it probably wouldn't have been good for Thos. But uh, uh, I actually I thought the best deck was um, uh, Sickills. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had like a monastery mentor. I think it's I think it's Nikhil. Nikhil? I think so. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm horrible. Um, it's okay. Yeah, he had a monastery mentor, two goblin slides, and then just like a bunch of like it was just like a Jess guy like prowess. Crazy deck. It was really awesome. It looked really awesome. I saw kind of briefly, like saw him playing over there. Uh, was not a fan of his uh, of his sloppy board setup. Uh, he doesn't believe in sleeves. Car- well, this is the cards were also just kind of strewn about on the table. It just did not look. It just looked very. I don't know. I would have called a judge. I think because <laughs> it just. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because there was like a pile of cards sitting there next to his deck. 
unsle- you know, a pile of unsleeved cards sitting like face down next to his deck. I'm like, what is this? I wasn't my match. I wasn't. I didn't care. Mm. But I would have been like, can you like clean those pile of cards up and get it the heck away from your deck, like while you're playing me? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, my... but anyway, I don't. I'm not. I'm not implying by any means that he was doing anything shady. Yeah. I just. I just wouldn't have stood for the, for the uh, unkemptness of his side of the field. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, oh, have you, did you draft Fate Reforged before this? Nope. That, yeah, that was really my, my that's, first. That's mine too. My, it was my first Fate Reforged cons cons draft. Yeah. I, uh, I had to work late, so I didn't get to, I was actually going to uh, draft it at FNM, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to. So I decided to get the maximum experience with the new cards to log on right. to Moto, and I did a triple Fate Reforged draft. Which taught yeah. it taught me nothing. Really, nothing. That sucks. Uh, just that Goblin Heel Cutter is amazing. Yeah, and it, oh man, it is, and that's that's pretty much the card that uh, that won Thos the game against me. So yeah, I, I actually opened uh, Goblin Heel Cutter, and like that that was kind of like the fork in the road. I also opened it was a, so pack one pick one was Soul Flare versus Goblin Heel Cutter, and it was actually a decision for me. I was like, mm, I like to play aggro decks, but don't think I can ignore this, so <laughs> I, I, I backed off the aggro plan. I wish I could remember what my pack one pick one was. I always feel like my pack one pick ones are awful. Soul Flare's not amazing, but it's still pretty. Soul Flare's fine pack one pick one. Yeah, I was like, this is justifiable. No, it's fine. I would have I died for a Soul Flare. Man. Yeah, I went, yeah, Soul Flare, Reach of Shadows, Noxious Dragon, Typhoid Rats, I think. I just went mono black for as long as I possibly could. Until I could tell like what other color was open, and then that's when I added green. I almost want to say my pack one pick one was that uh, five drop bird that bounces a creature. Ooh, I mean that's not bad. No, it's not at all. But I was, just, but that's like that's the kind of pack one pick ones I feel like I have most of the time, and I'm oh, like, that's not a very good one. No, it's not. I'm not slamming that down and like we've got a direction here. <laughs> Right, right. But my first five cards were like blue too. And I got a monastery uh siege, like pack like like pick two or three. And um you know, started started to see some things, but uh it just wasn't the best and, and I wasted a couple picks on red cards that like I don't know. I I I, I, I it's really hard for me to get a like pack one to really get rolling in a draft. Yeah, I mean despite the results, I actually really I, I I was really uh, satisfied with my uh, with how my draft went because I was like I was uh, black green, and I guess it's kind of like a little sign like of like how you know in the right colors you were. Not really. I mean, because you can waste a few picks to begin with, but like I literally did not pick up a single white card, and I have hmm. literally two red cards and the rest were on color. Like every single every single pick. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I was in the I, right I, colors, but sure. I'm, you know, for all my talk of, I mean, I, there are a couple things I wish I could have had in my deck. Um, Something other than Tygon scheming. Tygon scheming was fine in my deck. Okay, it was absolutely fine. I would, I would play it again. You could scold me for 24 hours straight, uh, I would, and I would, if, and I would if, play it again in my deck in the right deck. Hold on, I'm I'm gonna see if I can like skip work tomorrow. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna be outside your house, I'm like the Westboro Baptist Church. The sign in the right deck. God hates just Tygon fine. scheming. You never I'm would want more have a than bullhorn outside your house. 
You're awful. You would never want more than like one of them. But like, no, it was just fine, man. Like, so I was able to. Don't want more than one, you know. I was able to turn to play that because I had um, the three three flying delve creature in my hand. So I, but I had no black source, and I'm like, all right, I gotta get a black source. So I tag. I'm scheming. I grab the black. I put the black source on top. Underneath of it, I put a hunt the hunter. Put three cards in my graveyard. So the next turn, I was able to play. You know, turn three, play my third land, exile the three cards, tap three, play the three three flyer. And then the turn after that, I was able to hunt the hunter and take out one of his creatures, and I had a 4-4 flyer on the board. That's it like wasn't... almost the best-case scenario, and that still sounds so bad. It wasn't that bad, though. It was it was just fine. Would you cast that bird if it made you discard a card when you cast it? I don't know. Because that's what you did, because you had to cast Tygon Scheming. <laughs> I was able, to, I was able to, to fix my draws for the next couple turns. It was oh, fine. That's an index. It was fine. I did not, though, because I also got to put stuff in my graveyard. It was just fine. I regret nothing. Say the words! No. I regret nothing. Okay. But anyway. I um, mean, I guess maybe if you had, like, literal zero two drops. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Um, so, so, you know, we didn't win, so we're cutting our thosses and we're moving on. Um, and, you know, I really do realize something though, uh, this weekend, and that's that if I'm to ever make it to the pro tour, I think that my path to the pro tour goes through limited. Like, I really do believe that. Like I, 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 limited like sealed especially is the format that I'm most confident in. This was my first fate reforged non pre-release sealed event. Like I never played, I didn't not play. I didn't test. I didn't practice building. You know what I mean? I didn't do like, you know, we've done sealed pool builds and things like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any of that. I didn't play in a single event other than the pre-releases. Uh, I played in two pre-releases. And this was my first Fate Reforged sealed event, and I made the top eight. You know, I mean, I made the top eight comfortably. You know, I was able to go get a milkshake round five while everyone else was playing. Um, you know, and I, and I really do feel like, and I'm not as confident in standard. Um, modern, I'm, I, I could see myself doing well in modern, but um, again, well, I just don't. That's huh? that's unfortunate because there are not a lot of sealed uh, <laughs> PPTQs. Uh, but our Grand Prix in Dallas is limited. Oh, it is. Yeah, oh. I looked it up. I realized that. I was like, oh, that's such good news. And then we have modern. Uh, we have the modern uh, GP in um, in Oklahoma City. So those two things are coming up this year for us, which is really cool. Um, I'm thinking about the possibility of traveling a little further to make it to a couple more uh, limited uh, GPs. Uh, like there's one in November in Atlanta. Hmm. I'm like, well, you know, like I seriously, like I'm serious because I really do feel like, I mean, obviously Grand Prix Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, but I really feel like if I'm going to make it to the pro tour, I'm going to make it to the pro tour based on a limited event. I think if, I think my path to the pro tour will 
consist of sniping an incredibly small PPTQ with 40 or less people. That is what I learned. Yeah, no, and that, <laughs> that, that was a great plan. It really was. And I think that, you know, I think we learned something. I think we learned a lot this weekend. I think this weekend was, despite not winning the event, I think this weekend was really productive. I think that, you know... I think we saw, you know, just how far we can get in the PPTQ system and, um, and you know, the, the, the power of smaller events in terms of, like, getting us where we got to go. Um, now, that's the other thing is next, not this season, but next season for the regional PTQ, it's sealed. Uh. So I'm, so I'm like so determined. If I don't qualify for this one coming up, I am beyond hellbent to qualify for the regional PTQ that will, uh, that will be sealed because that's, that's my bread and butter. That's what I got to get to. And that's the one I got to win. But this weekend was fun, man. It was oh yeah. It was still fun. Yeah. And, uh, roll to play did a great job hosting the event. The event ran very fast. Oh yeah. Like, I just felt like the rounds were, like, over, and then the next round was up. It was just, like, seamless. I think they just did a really good job. Uh, uh, so that was our week. Uh, next week, we'll be back. Maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe we won't. Um, Steven's probably got some goofy deck he's going to grind on Magic oh, Online yeah. in the next week. So we might have some interesting stuff to talk about there. Um, but I don't know. We haven't had a guest in a while. Uh, well, I guess we had a guest today. Uh, but Joey Ooh, isn't way really to undersell a guest. Him. Well, Joey's not really a guest, though. You know, he's just kind of uh, he's kind of the the roommate that's always away on business. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, I mean, you know, uh, it was great having Joey on the show for real, and and you know, look forward to uh, the next time he feels compelled to hop on this show and uh, put his two cents in because his two cents are always welcome here at Yo MTG Taps. That's what he was saying. He was like. He he texted me earlier. He's like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm uh, I I made this uh this article or I made this post about some uh, with some pictures from the pro tour. Do you mind if I uh, post them on the website?" And I was just like, "Oh, dude, you never need to ask me if you can post on our website." Like, <laughs> I was like, "You don't need to ask me." And he, he actually at that point it was like an hour or so after he had texted me. I just didn't see it. He was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I kind of assume, so I did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was cool. So, yeah, anyone who wants to check those out, we'll have that link in the show notes. Um, and uh, I don't remember if there are any other links we need to have in the show notes. Uh, Magic Origins is the name of the new corset. Um, the Jace artwork. It's going to have the origin stories of the different Planeswalkers, and the Jace artwork looks just like Adam Scott uh, from uh, Step Brothers and... Uh, party down which is one of the most underrated shows of all time um anyway it, it should be interesting I, I didn't get to see the announcement but it looks like they're going to kind of go deep on the uh origin stories of the planeswalkers and there should be uh i think more new cards in this core set than they are typically are uh and it's the last core set ever so they're going out with a bang i guess never say never but for now it's the last core set but anyway, uh, so uh, with all of that said, uh, that's all we have for this week. We are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. I can't complain in my own lane. Never encounter fights with self-defense, leg swipes. Alcohol toss, molotovs, throwing dynamite. Now they get caught up in a hype for being so uptight. Sag, we get
just outline the highest price. Hip hop, you rap vaguely. I'm consistent, fresh daily. I maintained a quiet life during open mics. Expectations is too high. Dreams holding it. I lost friends and loved ones. Couldn't cope with it. Pursue music with a strength. Yo, MTG Taps is available every bloody Friday forever. On legitmtg.com, I want my mtg.com, mtgcast.com, and iTunes. Email us, yomtgtaps at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr, yomtgtaps.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at yomtgtaps. Follow me on Twitter, at omgwtfbhjftw. Follow Steven on Twitter, at m00npi. Follow Joey on Twitter, at affinityforblue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.